Good morning guys, happy Easter. Uh, it's crazy to think it's this time of year already, but I remember growing up and celebrating Easter morning, going to church, and Pastor Ray saying, He is risen. And the congregation would reply with, He is risen indeed. So let's try that right now. He is risen. That was awesome. I've, I almost felt like I could hear you. So if, uh, I'm sure a few people will be making comments here. We'll read through them. Awesome job. He is risen indeed. Jesus is alive, and that's what we're celebrating today. Welcome to Liberty's Easter service. Um, this morning's going to be a little bit different because we're going to take you on a journey not just to the, the raising and not just to the empty tomb, but actually through, from the story of the garden the entire way through Sunday morning of Jesus rising. So if you guys would, let's open with prayer, and then we're going to dive into some worship. So, God, we come to you now. We praise you. We thank you for this day, for this morning. I know it's not a traditional way of celebrating, um, having to do it from our homes, but God, we are truly incredibly grateful for what you did for us, for shedding your blood, for going to the cross, but then for conquering death and claiming the victory. So God, we lift this moment to you right now. We lift our voices to you as one, as we lift your name. We celebrate who you are, and we celebrate Easter together. In Christ's name, amen.
chapter 14 this morning, starting at verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. It's often in the darkest times that hope reveals its true brightness. September 1940, inside of London, began 57 days of bombing by Nazi Germany. The 
continent of Europe had become engulfed in World War II and uh, London had become a target because Winston Churchill had defied the Nazi regime and had actually bombed Germany. So for 57 days consecutively, Nazi Germany attacked London and other cities throughout England. The folks were reduced to living in makeshift bomb shelters and turning out all the lights at night inside of the city, trying whatever they could do to to make it difficult for the bombers to find their targets. They lived through what they call the darkest night. It was a time in history when the world seemed upside down, that evil might actually win. And a year later, a young man by the name of C.S. Lewis, who we know now for books like Mere Christianity and uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, he began radio talks in August of 1941 to try and encourage and uplift the spirits of those folks in London and throughout all of England. His talks are widely known as, as some of the things that got them through the war, that inspired hope in the people, that gave them something to look forward to, to understanding what God may be doing in and through that darkest time in their nation's history. As we just heard from Mark chapter 14, We see that Jesus finds himself in a place of darkness with his disciples at night and he knows it's the night that he will be betrayed. He takes his disciples out to the Garden of Gethsemane and he asks them to sit and pray for a while. And and the author says that Jesus began to be deeply distressed. The very words that Jesus said to them were, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. And he asks them just to be with him, to to keep watch with him for the night as he struggles with what he knows needs to be done for all of humanity. He asks them to sit down, to pray, to keep watch. And then he prays, he goes away from them and he prays these words to his father, Abba, Father. Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. Jesus in the darkness of this night has to come to grips with with his father's plan entirely and completely. To take himself inside of this darkest hour and to submit his will to his father's plan. It's the most deeply troubling passage that you can read inside of the New Testament for me. To understand it, to get into the pain and the sorrow and the discomfort that Jesus gets into in this night as he prays to his Father, if it be your will, I will do this. I will submit to it. But please, Father, isn't there another way? You are possible. You can create any other way out of this that you see fit. You could do something miraculous. And he was about to. As Jesus returns back to his disciples, he returns to them and finds them asleep, as we famously know. And he goes away and comes back and finds them asleep again. And and he's 
asking them to pray with him so they would not fall into temptation. And we know the end of the story that they kind of all fall away and, and they struggle to make sense of this moment in their lives. And they're clearly exhausted already. They can't stay awake. They keep falling asleep and resting. And he says, finally, enough, enough. He fully submits in that moment and he recognizes that the hour has come. You look there in in verse 41. The hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. He himself has been troubled. He's been distraught all night. He's been praying till, till blood literally forms that, that he has burst capillaries inside of his body uh, from the stress of the situation. His exhausted companions are sleeping all throughout the garden. This is one of the darkest moments that we could ever imagine, them knowing what is coming to their Savior and their Lord. And he says to them, rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. And he looks out and he sees Judas coming his way. He has seen him show up. He's shown up with a group of men armed with swords and clubs. It's recorded here, sent by the chief priests, the teachers, the elders, those that were the teachers of the Jewish community have sent these men out with clubs and swords to to capture Jesus. And the betrayer says, I'm going to set up a signal. <laughs> and he tells them that the one I kiss is the man you want to arrest. And so going at once to Jesus, Judas exclaims, Rabbi! And he kisses him on the cheek. Jesus comes face to face with his darkest hour as Judas recognizes who he is, calls him teacher and Lord, and then kisses him on the cheek. He's betrayed by his companion, his follower, his disciple, Judas. By a kiss. Jesus faces his darkest hour and is betrayed by those who loved him the most by a kiss. From the sixth hour into the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. 
they came out of the tombs, and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was a son of God. without hope with no place to begin your love made a way to let mercy come in when death was arrested and my life began ash was redeemed only beauty remained Open heart is given in me. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dance. When death was arrested, my life began. Oh, your grace, oh, your grace, so washes over me. You have made me new. Now life begins with you. Released from my chains, I'm a prisoner no more. My shame was a ransom faithfully born. He canceled my debt and he called me his friend. When death was arrested and my life began, oh, your grace so free washes over me. You have. your endless love pouring down on us. You have made us new. Now life begins with you.
Savior displayed on a criminal's cross. Darkness rejoices though heaven had lost. But then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested in my life. when death was arrested and my life began oh your grace so
No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down. In strength you reign forever, let your church proclaim Christ is risen, Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with Him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, death, where is your sting?
Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us at the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been set aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, clothed in white robes, sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed, for you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead.
after three days and a week rejoicing the, the coronation of a king, the whole group was still left with more questions than answers. Their, their savior, their master, their king had been crucified and was in the grave and, and they were struggling to make sense of any of this. Even on their way to the tomb, the women were asking, well, who's going to roll away the stone? <laughs> there were questions everywhere. Everything had changed in life for them in, in a period of a couple of days and they were confused. They were really struggling. And as they went to the tomb, they were looking for some answers. They were looking to remember his words. What, what is it that Jesus said? What is it that, that he's trying to accomplish? Is there more to the, the story? Is this the end? And in one sentence... One moment as they enter the tomb, as they see the stone rolled away and this, this young man dressed in a white robe sitting at the right side of where the body was. It says, don't be alarmed first, right? Because when you see something that's out of the ordinary, your first inclination is to be alarmed, to think, what is going on? What is different? What is going on here in, in our situation This one sentence that, that he uses, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified, yes. But he is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him and, and they showed him them where he had actually been laying. With that one phrase piercing through the doubts, he has risen. Whatever those ladies were thinking about on their way there, whatever they had thought about the entire week's uh, movements and understanding history as it unfolded right before them, at that moment, one thing pierced through. We have hope. The opportunity that Jesus has risen and the world would forever be changed. The darkest moment that they had known gave rise to the brightest hope. They had been through this roller coaster of emotion, understanding first that their king had come and he rode into Jerusalem and, and things were going to be different. And then they watched him be beaten and questioned and crucified and laid in a tomb. And now they stand in a place where he was lain, where he was placed just a few days ago. The stone covering up the entrance was now moved and this young man says to them the unbelievable that he has risen, that he has changed the world forever. The deepest moment to the darkest moment of their lives gave rise to their brightest hope ever. In our world, we struggle with this. We struggle with the idea that, that light and hope or anything good exists outside of darkness and despair. The struggle with the light and hope or anything good is that, that it's not ordinarily appreciated fully unless it's in contrast with something else like darkness or despair. Humanly speaking, it's really difficult for us to see the brightness of the hope that we possess without the darkness of despair. Despair. 
This moment is just one of many inside of our world that illustrates that. Our world is uncertain. Everyday life is out of sorts, just as it had become for these women, for these disciples. Everything had changed. Nothing was going to be the same after this moment either. The darkest moment of their life had given rise to the brightest hope that they would know. Hope has not changed today either. It has a chance to shine brighter against the current backdrop through you, through me. through what Jesus did for us. The opportunity to celebrate Easter all over the world still is going to happen. Yes, it may be happening in your home. It may be happening uh, in your backyard differently than you had ever anticipated. But hope has not changed. The same hope that was there 2,000 years ago, the same hope that C.S. Lewis tried to communicate to those who were being sieged by Nazi Germany, the same hope that resides in us as we understand the current situation that we're in. Hope has not changed. Will it change you? The question that I have is, as you orient your life and as you have an opportunity to take an inventory of life before this pandemic and life now throughout this pandemic, as you have a chance to think about what really supports your life, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Is it your family, your job? Is it your friends? Is it a hobby? What was it that, that you looked forward to? And I want to challenge you that, that those things are all fine and good and they're, they're, they're great pieces of what God has given to us in this world. But those things should all be undergirded and sustained by a hope in Jesus Christ. That all of those things flow out of what it is that He did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that He is risen and forever changed our world and set eternity in the hearts of men. That every day I can get up knowing that. That every day I can do what it is that I do with my family as a result of it. And that I know that my eternity is secure. That I have the opportunity to trust Jesus not just in the reality of my circumstances to get me through these dark nights, but I can trust Him for eternity, that He will be there forever. If there's one thing that I hope that you come away from this terrible pandemic with, it's the outlook that everything we get to do is a result of what Jesus Christ has already done. 
that no matter what we we have to do to get through these evenings together with family, with uncertainty, with lack of understanding, that we would cling to hope. That hope that is only found in Christ. That hope that we get to to wrap our arms around and fully embrace as, as maybe you haven't before. I would encourage you to take some time to invest in your relationship with God the Father and His Son Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to help you discern what to do during this time. That we would have an opportunity to shine like never before the hope of Jesus as a result of taking time to spend a concentrated time with Him. Folks, I hope that you understand more clearly today that even in the darkest moments of your life, hope can shine the brightest. How great the chasm lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name Into the night And through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows Of my soul is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living Lord who could imagine so great a mercy oh I could fathom such boundless grace
that uh, this is not exactly how we saw Easter playing out this year either. But we wanted you to know and be encouraged by the body is still functioning and still worshiping this morning uh, the risen Savior Jesus Christ. We want you to know that we are praying for you wherever you are. If you need to send in some more prayer requests, you've been given that information, please do that. Know that you're never far from our thoughts and from our prayers. Why don't you pray with me as we end our time? Father, thank you for the precious gift of eternal life. Lord, I pray that if there are some who don't know this bright hope, this living hope, that you would be drawing them closer to you today. Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your grace with others. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a bright hope for folks who are going through some dark times right now. Lord, I pray that we would be the body, that we would understand more clearly that that even in these moments, this is what we get to do. We can be an encouragement through all of these various means of social media and video and just making phone calls and loving on one another. Lord, thank you for what you have done in our hearts I pray that you would use this time to reveal your glory more clearly to a world that desperately needs it. In Jesus' name.